Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, do not adjust your dial. I am Arizona Verse, and this is A Different State of Black, a podcast experience featuring hip-hop, current events, and enlightenment, all from the mind of a black introvert from South Phoenix. Now, I may never have all the answers, but you're welcome to come on this journey with me as I attempt to uncover as many as I can. There's rules to this game we call life that we must never forget. That is, know thyself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Dharma is the law of the land. Karma is the law of the soul. And do what thy will. That in itself shall be the whole of the law. Now make sure you support the show by donating through Patreon. And you can find that at patreon.com slash a different state of black. You can follow me on my main source of social media fuckery, which is Tumblr. You can find my blog at a different state of black tumblr.com also make sure you fucks with me over on instagram and twitter at arizona verse and uh while you at it make sure you follow the podcast the podcast page which is adsob.tumblr.com we're back ladies and gentlemen back once again um i was on a roll with those first couple episodes and then um for you guys who have been following me for the past year i've been having some fucking health issues um i guess 30 is the new 60 in my case and uh yeah your boy's been fucked up uh just to give you a quick recap of where i'm at with everything um i got uh labeled with uh what is it irritable bowel syndrome ibs uh this was um about a month or so ago um i was gonna follow up and get one of those uh what is it the colonoscopy when they stick the camera up your your who not and you know do all the checks of the inner lining of the stomach and all that make sure that there's no issues but um they came back it was like oh yeah your copay is uh four hundred dollars and i said oh well i guess i'll just uh go ahead and deal with shit as I have been dealing with it. Um, your boy also, I just, I've been dealing with uh, generalized anxiety issues. And uh, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm just stressed out. Maybe, uh, you know, the the trials and tribulations of being a black male in fucking America has caught up with me. I, I don't know, maybe watching all these uh, police shootings and uh, just all the fuck shit that goes on in America. Maybe it's getting to me. I don't know. But, um... Yeah, so I've been uh, just, you know, trying to take care of the health. They uh, One of the things the doctor always says is to, oh, well, you know, you just, you got to remove stress from your life. And I'm like, yo, fucking how, man? I'm married, got two kids, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, life is stressful. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck else can I do, yo? And uh, so I've just been trying to survive. Uh, one of the other issues I've been running into, well, one of the main issues that's been fucking with me, too, is just energy-wise. I have no fucking energy um, with uh, the combination of IBS, which eats up a lot of your energy because uh, your stomach's not functioning properly and your what intestines are, what, like seven feet long or some shit like that. So that eats up a good portion of your energy throughout the day. And then also just with generalized um, anxiety issues and, you know, panic attacks and bullshit like that, that eats up at your energy, too. So just been exhausted, man, just trying to survive, trying to keep my head up. Um, also, back on my uh, self-medication, because... Uh, you know how it is, man. You go to the doctor and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going through symptoms A and B. And then they're like, oh, well, here, take this uh, medication. And it's like, oh, OK, well, A 
is help that seems better b is uh but now i got this kc so okay let me put you on this so fucking i'm just going back old school um self-medicating so uh this show is uh brought to you by motherfucking evan williams kentucky straight bourbon whiskey uh charcoal filtered and uh you know that's just how we get down with the get down, man. So fuck it. Um, it's also funny, too, though, because I was looking online because this uh, GI doctor, gastrointestinal doctor, I'm not too big of a fan of his. He's he's OK, but I just I can't stand those doctors when you kind of get in there and you're like, OK, these are the symptoms. This is what I'm going through. This is how I'm feeling. And they're like, well, no, that's not the case. And it's like, nigga, how are you going to tell me how the fuck I'm feeling like? I don't know, but uh, I had looked up the GI doctor that I've been working with, looked him up online, and uh, the nigga got bad reviews, and I'm seeing a bunch of other people saying the same shit that he just don't fucking listen and uh, just kind of a know-it-all, I guess you will, and so I don't know. We're going to keep it pushing, keep it moving. I think one of the main things I need to do, which is, of course, ever difficult living out in Arizona, I just need black doctors. That's all it comes down to. I need some black doctors. I was reading this report recently and they were talking about how, and it goes both ways, but they were just basically talking about how a doctor who's the same race as you um, are going to be able to sympathize with your pain more. You know, uh, you go in there, you're African-American, you have a white doctor and you're like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And they're just like, Okay, they're hearing the words, but they don't feel necessarily that attachment. They don't feel like it's it's happening to them. But if you have a doctor of the same race as you, they can uh, sympathize more and they can feel the pain as if they're going through it, too. And they're like, yeah, you know, I really want to help you. And so I think at the end of the day, man, that's just what I need to do is find me a black doctor and uh, just get my shit together, man. So, uh, you know. Don't worry about me, y'all. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to keep it moving, keep it pushing, and uh, we're just going to make this shit happen. (gasps) Jail! So, without further ado, I think it's about that time for that news that makes you go. And we'll start things off today with a coroner who was accidentally, who accidentally cremated the wrong man as his family planned a funeral and viewing. Yeah, what? The fuck indeed. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office mistakenly cremated a 26-year-old man after confusing his remains with those of another man with the same name, authorities said Friday. Now, a coroner's official said that the mistake occurred because a technician failed to check the case number on the man's body, and they apologized to the family. You know, hey, I know y'all was going to have that viewing today. You know, I know I know his grandmother came all the way over here from Nova Scotia. I understand all that, but what happened was, ah, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Now, uh, Jorge Hernandez died of a drug overdose October 7th after being taken to Glendale Adventist Medical Center. His body was picked up by the coroner's office to determine a cause. The family began planning a funeral and private viewing for Hernandez until coroner offices called them to say, hey, my bad, we kind of burned that body. Now, our man Montel, who was a coroner's office uh, spokesman, said that the mistake happened because two men named Jorge Hernandez were at the morgue. The other Hernandez um, was scheduled to be cremated, and they kind of fucked up. And, you know, I mean, Mexicans kind of look like, you know, Jorge, Jose, Jesus. I mean, 
Same motherfucking difference. Now, when retrieving the remains, the coroner's attendant matched the name but did not match the coroner case number. Um, it was an oversight by human error, and the attendant sent the wrong remains for cremation. Now, the thing that helped be fucked up is, you know, like when you pass away, like no one knows like the full extent of uh, the details of like the afterlife, you know, and you have these people who have these uh, near death experiences and these out of body experiences. And like, what if like after you die, like your body can still feel like relative or your mind still is connected with the body for like a week or so. And what if like this dude, like main motherfucking fear is like, you know, going to hell and shit. And then like the body like got cremated. And he's like, Oh, I'm burning hell. Like, I, I don't know. It's fucked up. But uh, the family members, of course, were fucking stunned by this huge oversight. They um, said sorry, or the coroner's office said sorry, doesn't bring them back. This was really upsetting. And um, they have bodies stacking up there, but there needs to be some accountability here. So, I don't know. Hopefully that dude gets, uh, I don't know. What do you do? Do you just fire the dude? Like... I don't know. And I could just imagine going to another job, you know, trying to get a QA job or whatever. And they're like, oh, do you have experience with QA? Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I'll go ahead and, you know, I check the numbers to the names and, and the shit. And then I just I had this one case that just didn't quite go too well. I don't know. I have no jokes for it because uh, that's just kind of fucked up. So I wish a nigga would cremate me when I was when I didn't want to be cremated. I swear to God, I, I'm a fucking haunt that nigga. He would have a haunted house going forward. Like, man, that's some fuck shit. That's some fuck shit. Now, uh, moving on to more news that makes you go. A drunk student crashed into a cop car while taking topless selfies. Yes, indeed. Now, um, you guys can go ahead and guess the race. Give you a little bit of time there. Yeah. The uh, 19-year-old Texas A&M University student taking a topless selfie while driving slammed into the rear of a stopped police car and was arrested, police said, last Thursday. Now, the student, Miranda Radar, (laughs) well, I guess that cop car wasn't on her radar. (laughs) Now, she also had a open bottle of wine and a cup holder next to her, and the Bryan Police Department, um, you know, reported that. Now, the accident on Wednesday near the university about 100 miles northwest west of houston calls the airbag to deploy the officer said that when the uh or the police said that when the officer whose car had been hit um when he approached radar she was uh trying to put on her blouse so he said hey you know i asked her why she was not dressed while driving and she stated she was taking a snapchat photo to send to her boyfriend while she was at a red light the uh, arrest officer wrote in the affidavit Now, Radar did not respond to an email seeking comment, but she was arrested on suspicion of driving while intoxicated and released a bond, released on a bond of $2,000. So, uh, holy hot damn, like people with the with the Snapchat and the driving. Just stop. Just stop. Like your boyfriend really didn't need that selfie right at that moment. You could have waited. I mean, you really could have. That's that's all I could really say. You could have waited. He ain't had to do that shit right away. Now, uh, moving on to more news that makes you go. Parents in Wisconsin County can have underage drinking parties. 
Yeah, I don't think that story is going to end well. Now, a uh, Wisconsin appeals court has struck down a law prohibiting parents from allowing people who are underage to drink in their homes. The court argued that Fond du Lac County's ordinance was stricter, stricter than the state's, which only banned underage drinking in bars and liquor stores. Now, the case was first brought forward by Stuart Munchie, who was written up after teens were caught drinking at his home during his son's graduation party. The ruling could call into question other rulings throughout the state of Wisconsin, which has uh, multiple on of the top drinking or which has multiple of the top drinking cities within the U.S. Now, Fond du Lake was ranked number seven with 24.6% of adults reporting that they drink in access. Though the legal drinking age in Wisconsin is 21, those younger can uh, possess and consume alcohol if they are with a parent, legal, legal guardian, or spouse. Holy hot damn. Now, this is, I don't know, funny to me. You know, my oldest is uh, five years old and he's uh, in elementary school. He's in kindergarten right now. And I don't know if it's the month of October or if this is something they're going to do all year. But this is the say no to drugs month and all that. And also with uh, election time coming up, I think out here in Arizona, it's Proposition 205, which is trying to legalize marijuana. And so you see all these, you know, say no to drugs, say no to drugs. And I get it, but it's if you're going to tell kids to say no to drugs we should tell them to say no to alcohol as well that's the part that kind of just fucks me up that i don't get like alcohol and motherfuckers can debate this all they want alcohol is the most dangerous drug out of all of them i'm sorry it's just it's considered socially acceptable in america as i say as i peer into this bottle of evan williams and pour myself another shot um, it is, in fact, the worst fucking drug because when it comes down to it, you have all these drunk driving cases with alcohol. You have so many domestic violence situations where dudes, uh, you know, who fucking hate their jobs, hate their lives, they go go to the bar, have a few drinks, and come home and smack the shit out their wives, uh, you know, because they hate their lives. And so, um, alcohol is just dangerous. Like, I think if you were to actually break down, like, of course, you know, if you get uh, shrunk out on crack or if you get shrunk out on heroin, it's absolutely fucking horrible. And, you know, some of those drugs, meth also just kind of sucks the soul out of people. But when it comes to, like, getting addicted to shit, like, alcohol's up there with fucking nicotine. And so it just kills me when we spend all this time and energy telling kids, hey, don't do drugs, but, you know, you sit at home any given Sunday and watch a football game, you're going to get about a 20 fucking cases of, hey, make sure that you get some alcohol because, yeah, that makes the party fun. And then you have even you go to events and you can buy alcohol regularly. I just went uh, went with the fam bam. We went out to the fair and uh, you can get fucking twisted at the fair and then hop on these crazy rides and throw up to your heart's desire. So um, I think this is fucked up. I think that's a fucked up law. I think, you know, the whole you know, 21 is like the age. You're 21. You can get drunk at that point. I don't give a fuck who you're hanging with. So... I don't know. I just see this uh, kind of going bad for Wisconsin or actually, you know, who gives a fuck? Because once again, no one cares about alcohol or issues with it. But make sure you say no to marijuana, kids. Stay away from that shit. Now, uh, before we move on, we got one more of those uh, news items that make you go. Whoa. 
out in Portland, a woman's car was stolen, but then returned with a note, gas money, and a crazy story. Oh, my God, Susan, let me tell you what happened. Now, uh, what seemed like a simple car theft in Portland last Tuesday night ended up being much more. Uh, Ernie Hazit's surveillance camera called a woman walking up to her red SUV, climbing in and taking off a few minutes later. The apparent theft happened right next to Hot Z's driveway near Southeast 78th Avenue and Woodstock Boulevard. Um, we were really confused because it didn't seem like the normal actions of a car thief. You wouldn't think that they'd sit there idle in the owner's driveway for two to three minutes. Um, Hotsey filled a police report, but it didn't take long before she started getting some answers. Her husband was taking the garbage outside Wednesday afternoon when Portland police officer had a woman stop right outside of Hotsey's home. The woman had just gotten out of Hotsey's red Subaru, and she had left a note and some cash inside. The story uh, definitely struck a chord with the audience and comments on a story I poured into social media. Um, apparently the woman claims that she was involved in mitts up. The woman's note explained how the woman had gone to the area to pick up a friend's red Subaru as a favor and ended up taking the wrong car. Holy hot damn says, uh, hello. So sorry. I stole your car. Sent my friend with my key to pick up my red Subaru. Uh, over at 7802 Southeast Woodstock, and she came back with your car. I did not see the car until this morning and said, hey, that is not my car. Here's some cash for some gas and uh, more than apologize for the shock and upset that this may have caused you. If you need to speak with me further, I am blah, 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 and my number is blah, blah, blah. So sorry for this mistake. Now, I'm confused as shit about this story because... Okay, all right, it continues. I was going to say, like, how do you just, like, go with, does uh, one key fit all with fucking Subarus? But um, apparently it turns out that older model Subaru keys sometimes work in different cars. Oh, what a coincidence with this one. And uh, in the end, the right Subaru was a block away the whole time. Um, Hot C said, it's insane. It's like a bad sitcom that nobody would ever buy the story because it's stupid. And it makes no sense. But it happened. And for that, we give you a great big what the fuck? What the fuck? Goddamn. Now, moving over to hip-hop news. Shots out, or hate out, you know, depending on what side of the fence you land on. Um, Azalea Banks, who's back in the news, and of course has nothing to do with her music, only with her antics. As uh, Zelia Banks was the guest of the RZA and was tossed out of Russell Crowe's hotel room earlier this month. Now, um, Zelia Banks, I mean, is no fucking stranger to nonsense and foolery. It seems at least once every couple months, she seems to get into some type of issue that uh, blows up all over social media. And, um, she was chilling with the boy Rizza and was talked out, uh, tossed out of Russell Crowe's hotel room. This was uh, October 15th, and the New York rapper was kicked out by the gladiator himself when she reportedly threatened to cut him and his guests at a Beverly Hills party. Now, Banks was the guest of Rizza, and uh, reportedly she mocked Crowe for his music selection and called him and his guests boring white men. When a woman at the party defended the actor, Banks went in saying, you would love it. If I broke my glass, stabbed you guys in the throat, and the blood would squirt everywhere like some real Tarantino shit. Goddamn. She got very descriptive with that. Um, 
Now, when she actually started playing with her glass, apparently Crow made his move to grab the slazy rapper and remove her from his hotel room. He then called security, remove her from the premises. Now, um, she claims that he spit on her, called her the N-word, and um, that's her side of the story. And Crow and, of course, his legal team is saying that no such thing happened. Um, a lot of people were confused about um, his use of the N-word because they're like, well, RZA is there. Like, And I would say that, you know, if someone's not afraid to say the N-word in front of one person, they're not afraid to say the N-word in front of many people. I mean, I don't think that really matters because there was a black guy there, though he wouldn't say that. And then um, I would also say, you know, not to defend Azalea too much because uh, shit, you know. It's kind of hard defending her when I'm pretty sure by the time this fucking video comes out that another fucking case with Azalea Banks getting into it with somebody will come out. But um, RZA also is in a situation where he's hobnobbing with a bunch of, uh, I'm assuming, Hollywood people, if you will. And so he doesn't have the clout that he would in the music industry. And so I can see a nigga being like, hey, I don't want to get fully mixed up and shit. You know, I don't want to mess up my political connects out here in Hollywood. But um, Azalea Banks is swearing up and down that this happened. And she actually went as far as uh, she was uh, interviewed by shots out to uh, Vanessa Hudgens, who uh, works for Complex and apparently, uh, what is this, E! News? And um, they had a little, she had a little combo with Azalea Banks, who cried while discussing the alleged Russell Crowe incident. Hey, yo, hey, yo. I heard you riding with the same talk. Azalea Banks, and two weeks ago, she claimed Russell Crowe assaulted her and called her the N-word at a dinner party he threw at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Russell has denied it all behind his powerhouse attorney, Sean Hawley. And today in an Access exclusive, we get Azalea's side of the story, as told to our Alex Hudgens. I see you getting emotional. What's causing the emotion? Because every time, like every time something like this happens, I'm always like being blamed for like wanting this kind of attention. Like who wants to tell somebody they got spat on? You know, that's humiliating. And I'm just like really, really humiliated. Azalea Banks breaks down, recounting the night she claims Russell Crowe physically picked her up, threw her out of a party in his suite at the Beverly Hills Hotel, spit on her and called her a racial slur. It all happens so fast. Like, I'm not, like it should just happen so fast. I was just like, but is that what happened? Azalea says she went to the party as a guest of filmmaker and founding Wu-Tang Clan member Riza, who worked with Crow on the 2012 movie The Man with the Iron Fists. Azalea says she was trying to nail down a record deal with Riza, with whom she made an unreleased movie called Coco. Oh my God, you guys, I just saw the final screening of Coco. And it's Azalea said she was at the October 15th party for nearly six hours and claims Crow was drinking, mocked the quality of one of her music videos, and demeaned her career. Russell Crowe's like, oh, well, you haven't done anything in your career. And I'm just like, well, um, nobody's checking for you right now. Like, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's just, let's settle down, you know? And then when I said that, the whole table, like, everybody was like, oh, my God, like, how, how, how dare you? 
She claims he later forced her out of his hotel room after she had a heated exchange with another woman at the party. In a lengthy Facebook post, Riza claimed, quote, Azalea threatened to cut a girl in the face with a glass, then actually grabs a glass and physically attacks for no logical reason. Russell blocked the attack and expelled her from the suite. Azalea claims it went down differently. I had the glass in my hand because I was drinking. Everybody had a glass in their hand. We're all drinking. I'm like, girl, like, you need to chill because I've seen this situation get crazy. So Russell Crowe looks at me and he goes, he goes, even if you tried, you wouldn't even get the chance. And then he chokes me, picks me up, throws me out of the room and spits on me. Riza said he was present, but never heard Russell use a racial slur. And while multiple people present at the party tell Access Hollywood they did see Russell spit, it wasn't on Azalea. A source close to Russell tells Access Hollywood that Russell behaved like a hero and acted in defense of his guests and claimed that he removed her from the suite by putting her in a bear hug and picking her up to remove her from the room. But Azalea makes other claims. What made him suddenly Who knows? Snap. Maybe it was the moonshine. Maybe it was the rejection. Maybe it was the jokes, you know? And then, like, the, the frustrating point is, like, immediately, like, freaking Riza is just, like, imme like immediately, like, he's just kind of, like, giving me, like, the look, like, oh, my God, you, like, you, like, up my seat at the table with the white guys, like, the big white Hollywood guys, like, you know? And I'm just like, Riza, you did not see that man just choke me and call me a and spit on me. I was going to ask what was his reaction. Im immediately, he was like, don't say anything. Riza's management did not respond to our call for comment. Azalea filed a police report against Crow. Crow's camp has denied all of her allegations. Riza and others at the event won't corroborate them either. They claim Azalea was the one out of line. Adding to Azalea's frustration is the difficulty of verifying her claims. The Beverly Hills Police Department told us on Tuesday that they are not aware of any hotel surveillance video of the alleged incident. like no tape like then you call the hotel I was like where's the tape like where's the tape you know and they're just like oh there's there's no cameras in the, the hallway it's like how can there not be no cameras in the hallway you know like the, the hallway where the suites are like as many celebrities come through here as many this much money moves through this hallway like I don't have cameras here And we contacted the Beverly Hills Hotel, and they told us we are not able to provide you with any information or comment. So, um, I don't know. I feel bad for the girl. I feel, because I do, like, everyone jumps out the window immediately when you hear Azalea Banks did some shit. People immediately hop on the other side, and they're like, yeah, man, fuck Azalea Banks. Yo, this bitch is crazy. This bitch is this. And, um, I don't know. I feel bad. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but it's just kind of hard when she's involved in so much fuck shit. So I don't know. Hopefully they get this situation figured out. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, big bank takes little bank. I mean, she, she could say whatever she wants to say. Russell Crowe, I'm pretty sure has way more money than she does and could afford way more pricier lawyers because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happened. It matters what you can prove in the court of law. So at the end of the day, I think she's going to lose this whole situation, but um, I just feel bad for the girl, you know, cause like I said, everyone just automatically just jumps on her and just goes at her. And I just, I want to want to stand up for her and just, I just want to give her a hug and tell her it's going to be all right, girl. It's going to be all right. So, um, I don't know, but also on the other side of that, she's um, uh, 
She's burning a lot of bridges, man. I don't know. And I guess, I mean, she'll be okay out here in the world because, I mean, we live in this Internet society where anybody could, you know, record something out of their fucking office, out of their house, out of their home, and put the shit out, you know, for public um, assum- or consumption. So, uh, you know, she'll be okay. But I just feel bad because, like I said, we know way more about Azalea Banks fuck shit than we do her music and actually her last album um I've talked about it a couple times uh what is it called broke with expensive taste um it was a dope ass album yo and so she's incredibly talented but I don't know if she's bipolar or if she has bad luck or whatever the fuck the problem is but uh I don't know pray for the girl hope she uh figures it out gets it together now, uh, somebody else y'all need to pray for is uh, motherfucking Soldier Boy and Lil Yachty. Pray for both of these ugly ass niggas who is just beefing and beefing and beefing. Uh, and what makes it so fucking bad, these niggas are beefing over an IG ho. Holy hot damn. Now, uh, Soldier Boy went in on Lil Yachty, who claimed he had nothing but love for India Love. And um, apparently, I guess. Lil Yachty is saying that's his shorty, or I don't know if he's claiming that's his crush, or I don't know what the fuck is going on, but these niggas got into it uh, the other day. Shit got crazy. Uh, Soulja Boy uh, took some wind out of Lil Yachty cells when he posted a handful of pictures with India Love on Instagram October 28th. Uh, short beef was set off when both rappers staked their claim over the IG model. At one point, Soulja Boy called the younger MC a bozo and told him, kill yourself, homie, then threatened to pass him that fade because you know that's what we do we pass out fades nowadays man that's what niggas be doing now uh soldier boy uh posted a picture with uh india love in his car with the caption i love you at india love heart 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 eyes emoji (laughs) then he also posted another picture with her and said i miss you india love heart heart emoji and then one more with him in India Love with some more heart eyes, heart eyes, heart emoji. And uh, Lil Yachty apparently wasn't with the fuck shit. He uh, texted Soldier Boy, uh, asked him why he was sharing the flicks. He even uh, called Love is Shorty. And um, apparently he hit Soldier Boy up and was like, Yo, G, you wiling on the gram, G. India, my shorty. I fuck with you, bro. You know that. But you got to take that down. Soldier Boy uh, then responded, I can't tell you want beef, nigga. Holy hot damn. That's how, that's how I'm going to respond to anything nowadays. Like, I'm a, I don't care if I'm standing in line at the grocery store and somebody accidentally steps in front of me. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm like, yo, I can't tell you want beef, nigga. That's going to be my response to everything. Don't let me order a fucking slice of pizza and then they hand me back the wrong change. You blow, oh, wait, I sure did you a quarter. Here go the quarter. I'd be like, yo, I can't tell. You want beef, nigga? Do you want beef, nigga? God damn, niggas are serving it up. But uh, Soldier Boy did what everyone does apparently in this new fucking social media world you can't fucking text a nigga without him screenshotting it and sharing it on social media so uh he took screenshots of that posted on social media he also then posted another picture with him in india love uh with a picture of them when money stacks up to the ears saying we can't hear y'all now uh Lil vlad or dj vlad excuse me got called into the situation had a little post uh, on uh twitter about Lil yachty and soldier boy beefing over india love and soldier boy took a screenshot of that and posted i'll knock Lil boat out with one punch 
Mm. Hey, everybody that keep on writing me, talking about, man, Lil Yachty, he a fan of you. He look up to you. Man, I don't give a fuck, nigga. You shouldn't text me asking about no bitch, nigga. Fuck you talking about, nigga. You ain't never even met this bitch in your life, nigga. I've been, I've been rocking with this girl for years, my nigga. Don't never in your life, in your fucking life, write me and tell me to take a picture down to me and my girl, nigga. I'll slap the shit out you, nigga. Fuck, little boat. This is my last video for that bitch-ass, ugly-ass nigga, little boat. Boy, you black as hell, boy. You ugly as fuck. Your hell look like Twizzlers, boy. I snatched them fucking bees out your motherfucking head, you little bitch-ass nigga. Nigga, I don't even fuck with you. Your music whack as fuck. You call my management, tell me I need to meet Soldier. I met your bitch ass at my house. You was whack. I heard your song, One Night On, bro. That shit was lame as fuck, nigga. You was a groupie. You talking about, Soldier, I look up to you. I'm your biggest fan. But look, bro, when I see you, I'ma beat you, bro. On my mom. I'ma beat your motherfucking ass, bro. And tell QC to stop calling my fucking phone. Cause can't nobody save you from this shit, nigga. You shouldn't have texted my phone. You know you fucked up, nigga. Stop playing with me, nigga. Big soldier, nigga. And I'm riding through Charette right now, nigga. Tell Lil Yachty to pull up on me. I'm gonna beat the shit out that nigga. Wherever you wanna meet at, let me know, nigga. I'm on my way, nigga. Knocking niggas out. Then Soldier Boy also apparently uh, just wouldn't leave the fuck shit alone. Decided to scroll back through his tets with Lil Yachty and found a tets from October 20th. When uh, Lil Yachty said, what's your favorite mixtape of you? This nigga talk like he didn't graduate from high school. Probably didn't, now that I think about it. But uh, Soulja Boy responded, uh, shit, IDK, probably Juice. To which Lil Yachty said, aha, yes, bruh, mine is gold on deck. Tina the South was FYE too, bruh, with Senorita. Soulja Boy then said, haha, that way, fire, fire, fire emoji. And, uh, of course, he got a screenshot of that, put it up. You a groupie, folks. Lil Yachty. Holy hot damn. These niggas is going at it. Then uh, Soldier Boy then decided to share his response with India. Uh, apparently they began texting. And uh, Soldier Boy said, stop playing with me. Delete them tweets. Um, or no, she said, stop playing with me. Delete them tweets. Wait, who the fuck is saying what? Oh, yeah. Soldier Boy said, stop playing with me. Delete them tweets. To which India said, I'm not taking talking shit at all anywhere soldier boy responded yachty said he was with you too you ain't say shit about him so why you dissing me india love said i've never met him therefore there's nothing to clear so soldier boy of course looking for the attention you know everyone wants those likes uh screenshot at that put it out said i'm confused now he hit me beefing about a bitch saying she his but she never met him what the fuck was he just playing Thinking, thinking, emoji, he doesn't know. He said, hello, Lil Yachty, speak up, bitch, while you hit my phone tweaking. She said she don't fuck with you. So, uh, yeah, holy hot damn. And then uh, apparently uh, he kept going on with India Love. Uh, She said, please stop. I'm pretty sure she's done with the fuck shit. I bet she got some uh, riller niggas dicks to ride than these two fuck niggas. And uh, Soldier Boy said, shaking my head, okay? That nigga tried me, though, love. This shit crazy. You really dating that nigga? Question mark. If you are, I'll stop. It is what it is. I respect you. To which she said, I don't date anyone. I just takes the D and the money. 
Soulja Boy uh, then, of course, screenshotted that and said, never said me and India was dating. But Lil Yachty, I thought you said you was her shorty. Beefing over a girl that don't claim you kill yourself, you a bozo. Um, niggas is crazy. And, of course, Lil Yachty took it to... Uh, to Twitter, say I'm not beefing over no female. Um, all I'm gonna say is fuck with the boat, you gonna sink. Period. And it's no beef. Trust me, I hate hamburgers. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I swear to God, I hate this new generation. I hate these niggas. I hate these niggas. <laughs> I just fucking hate them. Lil Yachty. Um, I lost a lot of respect for anyway, or didn't have any to gain or to have to begin with because of the whole bullshit about he couldn't name a Tupac or Biggie song. And like, I get it. Oh, you know, I'm a new cat, and you know, I don't. I'm not even a rapper. I just so happen to rap. Like, I get it, but the shit is corny, yo. These niggas is corny. But um, the shit went to get even more heated as a soldier boy and uh motherfucking what's his name uh Southside who's a uh, producer got into it uh Southside is known for he's done a couple of joints um I think he did the fuck up some commas beat if I'm not mistaken could be wrong I don't really care because I don't keep up with these new niggas but um soldier boy and uh this nigga's beefing now as uh let me see what this nigga tatted him this uh yeah he said something to Southside told that nigga if he wants some smoke he can catch it Southside uh, then uh of course took it to the video footage you know the cops love these new niggas and he showed off his new automatic weapon and hey you know I'll kill you with this weapon right here and I'm recording this video so the police could hurry up and easily identify this hey sizzle Boy, stop playing with me, pussy-ass nigga. You know I'm having two condos in Atlanta, nigga. And a mansion in Atlanta, nigga. And you know you just got robbed, nigga. Don't make me expose you, nigga. Don't get smoked. Boy, don't get smoked over a little-ass kid beefing over a bitch that I ain't never even met, folk. I swear to God, I'm having 150 shooters in Atlanta, nigga. Damn the address, nigga. Fuck you talking about, nigga. Soldier boy, a bitch. Man, you putting up little ass cage, nigga. I'm riding around with automatic shotguns, little boy. You better know what's going on. Real pyro shit, nigga. You live, in, you live in motherfucking California, nigga. You better let that shit rock, nigga. Because there's nothing. You better ask around what's really going on, nigga. And Flock can't save you from this one, bitch. Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta, bitch. I'm riding around right now, bitch. All through Atlanta. Same two condos. All that that on me for real, nigga. The funny thing is, though, you talking like Atlanta, nigga. And you ain't from here, bitch. Don't forget, and y'all been to one of them condos and walk coming and told all you niggas y'all bitches, nigga. And you sat there and ain't do shit, nigga. So stop acting tough, nigga. And go make up a new motherfucking dance, nigga. Or go date somebody on motherfucking TV, nigga. That's what you better do, nigga. Cause I'm real right, nigga. Understand that bitch ass, nigga. When the last time you had a single, nigga? Yeah, you sold 10 million ringtone. Bitch, we sold 10 million records in the last year and a half, bitch. Fuck is you talking about, nigga? Getting money around here ain't no plan going on, fuck, nigga. I see you when I see you, bitch. Now, uh, Soldier Boy went on, uh, he, uh, posted saying, okay, my tweets location is on, on that tweet. It's not, he's, uh, swearing that a hacker, he promises to God, hacked his account. He said, anything regarding India love from my social media was from a hacker shaking my head. People are crazy, especially at my Twitter and iCloud was hacked, just changed all my passwords. Now. I want to ask this nigga if someone hacked into his face, too, to record those videos. Because the nigga was clearly talking mad, wild shit on the videos. 
But um, I don't know. Soldier Boy must be smoking that good, good. I don't know what the fuck is up with this nigga. But uh, yeah, Soldier Boy wilding out, uh, won the fight and shit. And then uh, apparently this nigga Southside, um, of course. Once again, this is the age of snitching on niggas because I'm sorry you can say that snitching is just running to the cops, but no snitching is doing these screenshots of these fucking instant DMs and these text messages and posting that on social media for the likes. That shit is snitching on niggas too. Um, Southside said, I'm gonna let this uh I'ma let this rock. Niggas ain't a thousand. My nigga, I sent my number and all that, and nobody put a check on you. I can handle myself, nigga. Uh, Soldier Boy apparently DM the boy Southside and said, "What up? Hit me back ASAP. You putting calls in on niggas in Chicago to get me? Damn, my nigga, over a bitch, really? Nigga, hit me ASAP. Squash that shit. I ain't trying to die, nigga. Ooh, I just wanted to be tough on the ground. Oh my nigga. Oh, bullet shots hurt. Ooh, it hurt. I don't want no. Pr- I don't want no problems. Oh, I don't want no problems. But uh, these niggas is all t- fucking." I don't know, yo, because um, I'll never be the nigga to run around claiming like I'm OG Gangsta Mac or nothing like that. But niggas act real tough when they can get some likes. And then niggas is real quick in the DMs trying to squash some beef. And, oh, I I apologize, man. Just let me keep my persona up, man. I have this new album with Bow Wow out. I need a few more streams. Um, So niggas is corny. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all it comes down to. And niggas is fighting over a bitch who don't give no fucks about him. These IG hoes don't care about you niggas. They take the dick. They get some money. They ride in the ride. They don't care about these niggas, man. They just waiting for the right nigga to fucking impregnate them so they could, you know, fucking cash out. That's all they give a fuck about now. Speaking of bitches looking to cash out, shots out to uh, the chick that got kicked by motherfucking Kevin Gates at that concert a while back. Because uh, Kevin Gates is looking at six months in jail for kicking a female fan. Now, uh, Florida judge and a jury of six women, <laughs> they set that nigga up too. They was all, yo, I know how to get this nigga locked up. We're going to put none but black women who hate fucking rap music and can't stand being disrespected on the motherfucking jury. Ooh, they set this nigga up. But um, they had no sympathy for Kevin Gates. Uh, his claims of self-defense in the case of his highly publicized incident where he kicked a female uh, concert goer's chest like it was made of pig skin. He needed the game-winning goal. Shots out to Hip Hop Diets for that joke. That was theirs, not mine. Now, the uh, 30-year-old rapper who hails from Baton Rouge um, already had his Florida Stand Your Ground plea rejected. Of course it got rejected. You didn't shoot a black kid. You got to shoot some niggas. That's the only way Stand Your Ground is going to stand its ground, is you got to shoot a nigga. You kicked a black bitch in the chest, nobody cares. Now, um, he was sentenced to 180 days in jail following a one-day trial in Polk County, Florida. Um, Apparently, going back August 5th, 15th, 2015, Gates headlined a concert at Club Rumor in Lakeland, Florida, when the 18-year-old Miranda Ditson pulled on his leg as he performed, and the rap star's reaction was a swift kick to the chest. Boom! Bitch, get off me. Now, while the story made national news after the girl's mother told local news outlets that she wanted to see her daughter's assailant uh, persecuted to the fullest extent of the law, Gates hired well-known defense attorney Jose Baez to immediately go on an offensive toward the victim, telling the jury her accounts weren't credible and that she lied to the jury. 
for she had originally told investigators her intuition said consequences will follow for touching him as he rocked the MIC. Now, uh, you are aware that if you're not injured, there's no settlement money. Um, Bay is told uh, that's into which she replied yes. But that wasn't enough for the defense, especially after club, club rumor head of security Joe Haley testified in court that Gates had plenty of room to back up to prevent from being touched. He was like, I was watching. That nigga had eight feet of room before he hit that speaker wire. That nigga was cool to just move back. He didn't have to kick the bitch. Now, uh, immediately after being found guilty of battery, Gates was sentenced, fingerprinted, and hauled away to Polk County. Throw that nigga away now to begin his time. But um, on the bright side, uh, he will be credited for any time served, uh, fines or court costs. But um, holy hot damn, yeah, they locked that nigga up. They gave no fucks about what that nigga was going through. And um, just be careful. They, they, they don't give a shit. Uh, I think Kevin Gates should have hollered at whoever helped Miguel when that nigga did that motherfucking infamous leg drop to the bitch at the, what was it, BET Awards or whatever the fuck that was. He should have hollered at whoever was fucking with Miguel. Pass that hush money under the table, yo. Now, uh, moving on to more hip-hop news. Uh, Shouts out to the boy Kid Cudi, who uh, currently is in a rehab facility for mental health issues. He's dealing with depression. And, uh... Drake recently dropped a record, Two Birds, One Stone, where he went on to diss Kid Cudi, the man on the moon. Um, He said on a record, you were the man on the moon. Now you just go through your phases, stay zanny and perked up. So when reality set in, you don't got to face it. Which um, a lot of people got upset about. I was one of the people, and I see a lot of people saying, oh, man, this new generation sensitive, man. These niggas is getting mad, man. Didn't Tupac say my fofo, make sure your kids don't grow? Didn't didn't Jay-Z say I skeeted and left condoms on your baby seat? And it's like, yeah, they did say that, but they said that against niggas who could defend themselves on a record. These other niggas can hop right back on a record and say some shit back. And I say that it is some fuck shit against Cuddy. Cause for one, um, where's that response to Joe button? That nigga was getting in your ass all summer long, but you know, the hip hop media doesn't like Joe button. So that didn't catch too much weight. And, um, but Drake, you know, uses his celebrity to, uh, you know, Highlight the people in the OVO sweatshop. Wait for that disc record to come through and, you know, record the shit and diss a nigga while the nigga is down and in fucking rehab. And um, I didn't think that Cuddy was going to get a chance to respond for a while. But Kid Cuddy um, apparently got motherfucking Wi-Fi in the rehab um, as Cuddy took to motherfucking Twitter and added Drake. You know, he didn't do the sublimes. I'm, I'm not doing the sublimes, yo. I'm going to at you, my nigga. And told Drake, say it to my face, pussy. You think it's a game. I want to see see you say it to my face. I'll be out soon. I promise. And, of course, as you know, Drake isn't going to say anything to his face. Uh, Drake is one of the motherfucking cats who, I don't know. And the game has changed. And the game is mad fucked up. You got a light-skinned R&B nigga who's thugging it out in the industry and telling everybody suck his dick. And he's going to smack this nigga and smack that nigga and telling niggas to run up and who want to catch that smoke. And the nigga's an R&B singer. And hip-hop, the hip-hop audience just, I guess, gives no fuck. So they let people get away with the fuck shit. And then Drake is surrounded by security everywhere he goes. So he ain't got to answer to none of this shit. The nigga's chilling out in Toronto with the motherfucking A-team surrounded him. He ain't got to worry about none of this shit. 
Now, um, yeah, so niggas is beefing back and forth. Actually, um, I saw Lupe Fiasco jumped in on the beef, which I thought was mad motherfucking corny because it's one thing when two niggas is beefing. It's another thing when, like, two niggas is beefing and then a third nigga just wants to interject for no reason. But uh, Lupe Fiasco uh, tweeted out some shit, said, um, what did this nigga tweet? Holy hot damn, what this nigga tweet? This nigga tweeted some fuck shit. Uh, he's hoping that Kid Cudi gets his ass beat. Um, he went on to say that, uh, just basically some fuck shit, because I guess he already had beef with Kid Cudi. I didn't know. Lupe Fiasco needs to not worry about Kid Cudi and drop those three albums that he promises fans this year, which none of that shit is happening. Of course, it's somebody else's fault, not his. But uh, he said... Um, Cuddy called me a thief, then ducked for two years, um, and counting when I tried to reach him privately so he could explain his words to me. I just want an explanation or a fade because um, everybody's a tough guy. Everybody's throwing, everybody's passing out fades nowadays. He said, I hope Drake slaps gold out of that nigga. I do it for all, all the niggas he ducking. Further explain his stance by uh, posting, you pushing what you think you know about this dude. I'm acting what I know that dude foul needs his ass beat, period. So, uh, shout out, niggas don't give a fuck about <laughs> niggas going through anything. But, I mean, Kid Cudi, um, he did call out Drake first. He is the one that initially started the beef. But, I don't know. I just, at the end of the day, I still think it's some old fuck shit. Because, uh, let the nigga get out of rehab. Let the nigga figure the shit out. Lupe Fiasco, stop hopping on everybody else's coat wings. Go get in the office with your label. Figure out what's going on with them albums. And, uh, I don't know, man. Stop passing out fades, yo. Let's just show some love, man. Where the love at? Ain't no love. Ain't no love in the heart of the city. I don't know. Now, uh, before we get out of here, man, I got to move over to some current events. Uh, Shouts out to y'all, Kata. For those who don't know who y'all, Kata is, that's these uh, white terrorists a.k.a. the Bundy Brothers, who uh, recently was found not guilty of conspiracy in the Oregon militia standoff. Holy hot damn, why am I not surprised that this shit happened? Now, a jury was found that brothers um, Amon and Ryan Bundy were not guilty of conspiring against the government, a surprising end to the high-profile Oregon standoff trial that sparked national debates about public, public lands and the rights of ranchers in the American West. The decision unveiled in federal court in Portland on Thursday is a blow to the U.S. government, which had aggressively prosecuted the right-wing activists who led an armed takeover of public property to protest American land use regulations. Now, they uh, orchestrated a, uh, it was a 41-day siege of this uh, land, and the thing that's just fucked up with the whole situation is you have Caucasian, right-wingers who had an armed standoff with motherfucking police. If I, if I can remember correctly, I think they shot at a couple cops. I think there were some bullets that flew in a couple incidences and these niggas are let go. Scott free. Don't even get a slap on the wrist. But meanwhile, anytime a black person is shot somewhere and there's a Black Lives Matter protest, you can't even have a peaceful protest and people can be like, Oh, well, you know, there are some riots, not at all of them. But at damn near all of them, cops is knocking niggas out, putting curfews on black people, fucking them up. You got the whole Keystone Pipeline thing with the Native Americans. They're sicking armed dogs on them. But once again, it proves if you're a white 
right-wing Caucasian, you can get away with fucking murder in America. And a lot of it is because a lot of these right-wing conservative motherfuckers are in office um, just trying to protect people. You know, people are holding on to that great white hope to uh, be able to keep moving and keep surviving. And she's just fucked up. So, um, yeah, the uh, Angie Bundy, who's Ryan's wife, said, we are just so excited. We've been praying hard and we knew that they hadn't done anything wrong. And I just got to say, if their prayers were answered, then God is a racist motherfucker. That's all I got to say is, uh, yeah, if God protected and helped these niggas, God's, God don't give a fuck about you niggas out in the world because uh, he's protecting all these right wing militia motherfuckers. But uh, they led a arm standoff with hundreds of supporters against law enforcement officials um, at his desert ranch. This was back in 2014. They had another situation. And um, so I guess they're facing trial for that, too. Of course, I mean, they ain't going to get no jail time. They, they ain't going to do nothing. I mean, y'all cater. Y'all cater. White supremacy is alive and well. You know, there's a reason why George Zimmerman was able to shoot and kill an unarmed uh, black teenager, but uh, a motherfucker who shot at him, they didn't even graze him, got 20 years in jail. Got to protect white supremacy. Now, uh, moving on from y'all, Kata, the problem that uh, we have in America with uh, motherfucking white terrorists who, uh, you know, just, why don't you call them by name, man? You know, we got to call these Muslims by, you know, extreme jihadists. Why won't they call the white terrorists by name? Why do they just let the white terrorists get away with everything? Uh, moving on from that to uh, some bigger problems. Um, the world might be coming to an end, y'all. I don't know if you know it, but um, shit is kind of fucked up. We're in a situation where the election is uh, coming close. And either Donald Trump, a fucking xenophobic racist, is going to get in office and... Uh, Motherfucking, they're going to make sure that white is right and that all you Mexicans and Muslims get kicked the fuck out the country and make sure all these cops keep shooting all you niggas out there. Or you're going to let Hillary in office, which um, Hillary is your typical politician who uh, says one thing in private, another thing in public. Um, but the other issue is that uh, Putin out in Russia is not filling motherfucking Hillary Clinton and we might be looking at World War Three, y'all. This is some serious shit. So I want y'all to sit back and relax. Um, and I'm going to give y'all, or actually, yo, shouts out to all-time uh, top tens who uh, put together uh, two nice little videos. One is 10 Reasons Why Russia is uh, Preparing for World War Three, And then right after that, we're going to hit you with uh, 10 Reasons Why the U.S. is Planning for World War Three. Ouch. <laughs> 10 Ways Russia is Preparing for World War Three. Number 10. Defense Training Exercise. The theory that Russia could be preparing its citizens for war was very publicly confirmed on October the 4th, 2016, when the country staged a gigantic scale evacuation drill, which involved a whopping 40 million people. The drill, which lasted four days and included participants from across the whole country, also involved 200,000 emergency rescuers and 50,000 units of equipment. Most countries run large-scale training exercises for its emergency services, but most of these rarely see the participation of more than 1,000 volunteers. What was also unusual about Russia's recent drill was that it had a strong focus on informing people what to do in the event of a hostile nuclear or chemical attack. 
The West has interpreted the events as, at best, a show of force intended to intimidate Russia's enemies, or at worst, preparation for a war that the Kremlin believes is imminent. Number nine, nuclear armament. In 2010, Russia signed the New START agreement, which stated that both Russia and the USA agree to decrease their number of nuclear warheads and ballistic missiles by half by 2021. Russia seems to have a fairly loose definition of decrease because recent trends seem to indicate that it's currently ramping up its missile production. Among Russia's recent nuclear developments is a weapon that, according to Moscow, has the capability to destroy a country the size of France in a matter of seconds. This new missile, ominously named Satan-2, is rumored to be equipped with stealth technology that will help it dodge enemy radar systems. The Russian Defense Ministry refuses to disclose the number of missiles it has recently produced, but it is estimated that their nuclear arsenal currently stands at 7,300 warheads, compared to America's 6,970. So why would Russia be stepping up its nuclear capabilities if they didn't believe that war could be right around the corner? Number 8. The Return of the KGB the KGB was the main security agency for the Soviet Union from 1954 until its dissolution in 1991. It was a military service which acted as internal security and secret police. It was also known for its corruption and brutality, with historians estimating that it was responsible for the deaths of millions of people deemed disloyal to the Soviet regime. In September, President Putin, an ex-KGB officer himself, announced his plans to overhaul the country's security services. He intends to merge the Foreign Intelligence Service with the Federal Security Service, which monitors domestic affairs, to make a new Ministry of State Security. The intention of this ministry is to seek out Russia's enemies in order to protect the country's national interests. Sound familiar? Well, according to Andrei Soldatov, reporter for Business Insider, this new ministry will be the KGB all over again. Number 7. Cyber Attacks On the 7th of October 2016, the US government formally accused Russia of committing a series of cyber attacks against Democratic Party organizations, ahead of the November 8th presidential election. The hackers stole more than 19,000 emails from Democrat officials. Despite the Kremlin denying responsibility for the attacks, the US government issued a statement saying that we believe, based on the scope and sensitivity of these efforts, that only Russia's senior-most officials could have authorized these activities. American officials believe that these thefts and disclosures are intended to interfere with the US election process, with the Russians trying to weaken their rival superpowers' political stability. Number 6. The National Defense Control Center In 2016, Russia's defense ministry announced its detailed plan for how the country would function in the time of all-out war. In a nutshell, these plans outlined that the defense ministry would pretty much take control of government offices, local administrations, and the police, effectively turning Russia into a military state. 
Plans for this wartime government even included the construction of a new wartime government HQ, a.k.a. the new National Defense Control Center in Moscow, claimed by the Russian press to be more powerful than the Pentagon. This highly fortified building includes state-of-the-art war rooms, high-speed supercomputers, underground facilities and secret transport routes for emergency evacuation. Basically, it's the perfect world war facility. Number 5. Reformation of the First Guards Tank Army In February 2016, Russia announced its complete reformation of the First Guards Tank Army, which was previously a brutal Soviet armored formation that had fought as part of the Red Army during World War II. They had also been a leading force during the 1968 invasion of Czechoslovakia, which killed 108 civilians. The First Guards Tank Army had dissolved when the USSR collapsed in 1991, and since then it was deemed unnecessary because there weren't any threats that warranted it. But now, apparently, there are. The reformation of this army certainly does suggest a Russia preparing for war. Number 4. Deploying Missiles in Kaliningrad in October 2016, Russia stationed nuclear-capable missiles in Kaliningrad, a small piece of Russian territory between Poland and Lithuania. This set alarm bells ringing around the world, as it put Russia's weapons easily within striking distance of Western capitals such as Berlin. Lithuanian Foreign Minister Linus Linkevicius argued that the deployment not only increases tensions in the region, but also possibly violates international treaties which limit deployment of ballistic missiles of ranges of over 500 kilometers. Moscow defends the deployment as necessary retaliation to the U.S. anti-missile shield being erected in Eastern Europe. Number 3. Families of Russian Officials in a bizarre move in 2016, the Russian government ordered all state officials and government workers to bring back their children if they're studying abroad and re-enroll them in Russian schools. Official reports state that there will be repercussions for government officials who fail to act upon the command, and they will find their non-compliance to be a complicating factor in the furtherance of their public sector career. The alleged reason behind this move is that it is based on a fear of having the children of the Russian political elite educated by foreign enemies. Number 2. Propaganda A highly significant way in which Russia is preparing for war is by ensuring that its population is ready for such an event. TV networks often remind people to check where their nearest bomb shelter is. Prominent Russian TV network Zvezda also announced recently that schizophrenics from America are sharpening nuclear weapons for Moscow, obviously trying to cultivate anti-US sentiment among the Russian people. And this is not an isolated case. Yevgeny Kiselyov, host of the weekly news show Itogi and nicknamed Russia's propagandist-in-chief by The Economist, warned his audience that American impudence could take on nuclear dimensions. However, accusations of bias and propaganda spreading occur on both sides of this conflict. Kiselyov refutes the suggestion that he is any different from Western reporters, claiming that the era of neutral journalism is over. Number 1. Underground Bunkers 
Shocking revelations have been uncovered by U.S. intelligence recently that the Russians have been spending several years and billions of dollars constructing nuclear-proof bunkers. With thousands of bunkers across the country, each designed to house 3,000 people, a large proportion of the Russian population would be able to use these facilities. The inhabitants of the bunkers would be supplied with chemical and radiation-proof suits, gas masks, food, medicine and bunks to sleep on. Supplies are estimated to last for at least six months. Ten ways America is preparing for World War III. The current international situation is incredibly fragile, with many journalists arguing that we are entering a new Cold War. Animosity between America and Russia is particularly fierce, and it would appear that the US is updating its military practices, spending and outlook as though World War III could be right around the corner. Number 10. DEFCON Alert System the Defense Readiness Condition, also known as DEFCON, is an alert system used by the United States Armed Forces. The system analyzes threats to the United States and prescribes five states of alert, ranging from DEFCON 5, the least severe, to DEFCON 1, the most severe. The highest ever DEFCON alert announced was Level 2, which was in place for a month during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. In June 2016, in response to rising tensions between Russia and America, the armed forces of the United States were allegedly ordered to up the DEFCON alert from Level 4 to Level 3. DEFCON 3 means that, while there are no imminent nuclear threats, the situation is considered fluid, and the Air Force should be prepared to mobilize in 15 minutes. The DEFCON level has since changed back to 4, but seeing as this is the same level that was set following the 2001 September 11th attacks, it isn't all that reassuring. Number 9. Military Announcements In a terrifying move, officials from the Pentagon have admitted that they see World War III as basically imminent. Major General William Hicks announced in October 2016 that the United States Army was getting ready for violence on a previously unseen scale. According to Hicks, the war will be extremely lethal and fast, and we will not own the stopwatch. Secretary of Defense Ashton Carter also argued that the way in which the Army approaches conflict needs to change because today's security environment is dramatically different than the one we've been engaging in for the last 25 years. The US military is therefore moving its focus away from studying the tactics of insurgent and irregular forces, such as the Taliban in Afghanistan. Instead, its officers are considering all-out combat with high-end enemies, like Russia or China. Number 8. The Russian New Generation Warfare Study Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, director of the U.S. Army's Capabilities Integration Center, is a highly decorated former soldier with a reputation for sound strategic understanding. He has been assigned to conduct a study analyzing Russia's military capabilities in order to prepare America for a battle against the nation. McMaster studied how Russia conducted land warfare during the Russia-Ukraine conflict in 2014, following the controversial annexation of Crimea by Russia. Speaking at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, D.C., he said that he believed the Russians to have superior artillery firepower, sophisticated land warfare tactics, and better combat vehicles than the Americans. He highlighted this as a major flaw in American preparation and urged increased spending on tanks and land artillery, not just nuclear armament. Number 7. Increased Military Spending in February 2016, the Obama administration announced a desire to increase the budget for the Department of Defense by just less than 1% before 2017. This may not sound like a great amount, but this actually equates to a whopping $2.2 billion increase in a single year. 
It is also a change of tactic for the US, which has been reducing military spending over the last decade. At $596.3 billion, the United States' defense budget is already greater than the next seven nations combined. This increased spending is intended to fund a revamp of the Army's equipment and military vehicles. For example, the introduction of 3,000 Armored Multipurpose Vehicles, or AMPVs, which cost $1.7 million each. Number 6. U.S. Warships in Chinese Waters The U.S. isn't just considering the increasing likelihood of a war breaking out with Russia. Tensions between America and China are also extremely high. A large source of this tension comes from China claiming territorial rights to nearly all of the waters in the South China Sea, which the UN has not recognized. As a result of growing Chinese aggression over this issue, the US has been sending warships to the area since the beginning of 2016. Former Director of US National Intelligence and retired Navy Admiral Dennis Blair has said that America should be prepared to use military force to back up the UN's decision. The Chinese government has responded to the presence of these deadly warships by publicly announcing that the country is more than ready to defend against provocations. Number 5. Anaconda 2016 in a clear threatening message to Russia, June 2016 saw NATO allies launch the largest military exercise since the end of the Cold War, Exercise Anaconda 2016. 31,000 troops from 24 nations, including the UK, Germany and Spain, participated in the colossal exercise in Poland, although approximately 14,000 of these troops were American. Anaconda 2016 took place over 10 days and included maneuvers such as nighttime helicopter assaults, naval exercises, and land-based military drills. The purpose of the drill was to strengthen NATO's multinational military alliance in Eastern Europe to help deter a future attack by Russia. Russia has criticized the exercise for being deliberately antagonistic, particularly as the naval exercises were performed in the waters near Kaliningrad, the very area where Russia deployed highly controversial nuclear-ready missiles. Number four. Reinforcing NATO's eastern flank Anaconda 2016 isn't the only way in which the US and NATO are working towards securing Eastern Europe against Russian aggression. The alliance is currently in the process of reinforcing the so-called eastern flank. The eastern flank is an alliance of former Soviet partners, such as Poland and the Baltic states, which are now loyal to the West but fear military assault from Moscow. At the NATO summit in Warsaw in July 2016, it was agreed that NATO would deploy four multinational battalions along the eastern flank to discourage Russian invasion. The US will supply a large proportion of the troops for these battalions. The Pentagon has also announced that spending on their European Reassurance Initiative will almost quadruple from $789 million in 2016 to $3.4 billion in 2017. Number 3. Women in the US Military Draft as a further indication of the U.S.'s determination to prepare for a possible war, the nation's military has been looking at ways to increase its number of troops. One suggestion for this is to start including women in the Military Selective Service Act, a proposal that has been passed by the Senate Armed Services Committee and could become law by 2018. This act has been in place since 1967 and is a registration program used by the American government to create a list of suitable individuals ready to be conscripted should war break out. At the moment, all American men are required by law to sign up to the service within 30 days of turning 18, and they remain on the list until they turn 25. If women were added to this list of potential army recruits, it could add approximately 15 million soldiers to the U.S. armed forces. Number 2. Anti-Missile Defense Complex One of the most overt ways in which America is preparing for World War III is by constructing a gigantic anti-missile defense complex. In May 2016, the U.S. completed an $800 million missile shield base in Romania, which, along with a similar shield in Poland, forms part of a larger European shield. 
According to the Pentagon, the shield is designed to protect NATO countries from short and medium-range missiles, particularly from the Middle East. It works by shooting down enemy ballistic missiles while they're still in space, hitting them before they re-enter the atmosphere so as to minimize damage. The creation of this shield in Eastern Europe has further aggravated tensions between the US and Russia, as Russia believes it has been solely created to undermine their strategic nuclear deterrent. Number 1. America's New Nuclear Arsenal Over the next three decades, the Pentagon plans to spend approximately $1 trillion to produce a whole new arsenal of state-of-the-art nuclear weapons. The renovation project will include new submarines and submarine-launched missiles, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and strategic bombers. Proponents of this plan argue that the current stockpile is too old, and there is no guarantee of it working if nuclear war were to break out. Defense Secretary Ash Carter argues that, although it still presents an enormous affordability challenge, we believe it must be funded, particularly considering the current international climate. However, many critics question whether such spending can be justified, particularly when the 2010 New START agreement stated that both Russia and America agreed to reduce their nuclear arsenals by half by 2021. So, uh, I don't know. That kind of fucked up my mood, so I don't know, man. Shit is fucked up. Shit is fucked up. Now, before we get out of here, man, want to uh, go ahead and pass the mic over to uh, <gasps> Dedications. Ooh. I got to dedicate this motherfucking episode to uh, Zazie Beach, yo, who uh, is, uh, she plays Van on the... TV show Atlanta. Shouts out to my favorite current rapper, uh, Childish Gambino, who has a wonderful show called Atlanta on the FX Networks. Make sure you check it out if you haven't. Um, and she plays the um, character Van on it, uh, Childish Gambino's baby mama. And uh, Van is just awesome. She's uh, just dope in every sense of the word and uh she's gorgeous of course of course she got that nice curly hair and um yeah i didn't really recognize her from too many other things and um i guess that is the case because the when you go to her imdb the only thing she's labeled for is atlanta some movie called applesauce and something else called finding her and um so shouts out to childish for finding someone uh not super famous and uh you know giving some people some chances to rise above now uh atlanta for those who don't know is a show about two cousins with different views on art versus commerce and uh it's their the story is their way up through the atlanta rap scene and childish gambino um when asked about what the show was a um the best way to summarize atlanta he calls it uh twin peaks were rappers i never seen twin peaks so i can't really justify if that's correct or not but um make sure you check out the show um support motherfucking black media because uh that's all we got in this world that's all we got. And uh, on that note, man, that's all the fuck I got. <laughs> Yo, thank you for tuning in. Uh, go ahead, let me know what's on your mind. Hit me up. Uh, you can email me at arizonaverse at gmail.com. Make sure you fuck with me on Twitter and Instagram at arizonaverse. You can uh, follow my uh, personal blog at a different state of black.tumblr.com. Make sure you check out the podcast blog where I post all of the videos, SoundCloud shit, and episodes over at adsoptumblr.com. That's adsop.tumblr.com. Um, and until next time, I mean, just don't forget, know thyself. Doing for others as you will have them doing to you. Karma is the law of the land, karma is the law of the soul. 
do what thy will, that in itself should be the whole of the law. And uh, spread the gnosis from one to all, and remember the revolution will not be televised. Peace and one love. Seems something like a phenomenon. Go ahead and judge me. I ain't gotta honor y'all. Shit, I told the judge I'll sit. Never mind the bond, nigga. I won't budge in this bitch like I'm a don. You can't con the con. Left in the long arm of the law. Acting right as if my mama involved. My monologue say I'm back at it. One life, so son, live it. I'm committed. Never did it. And wish it I undid it. Young kid is listening to one talking. They really with it. Just forget it. Would they be talking if they was really with it? Come visit and see that the loudest one ain't the one with it. And the one with it's the last one that you want with it. Been stabbed this one. Split it, bad the sun ascended, then I pump you get your pump, pump, you pump you A verse about me, word it proudly, never worried about me. If you heard about me, awake with nightmares, who would murder around me. I'm still hitting my shmoney, murder around it. So I never think anything's more than it was Like horrible bud Never beefing over these bitches Cause it's more than I love I ain't worried cause Over what she offering but She got my hammer on rock I'm like throwing the club While she sent me off the Remy Bitch got my dick yeah, all the way based off some shit You got no proof of It's not okay if I don't do It's bad if I do too much Still got nothing what you expecting from me Why else you checking for me Got no
Get out of the truck and put your hands in the air. Stand on one leg. With the tip of your finger, touch the tip of your nose. Now, in a circular motion, rub your stomach and pat your head while saying rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Strike a pose. Now vote. Walk slowly toward the car. We didn't even do nothing. Well, you think so tough now, nah. little nigga. <laughs> hate you black bastards. You stink. I hate your black skin. I hate your black pants. I hate black pepper. I hate black keys on the piano. I hate my gums, cause they black. I hate Whoopi Goldberg's lips. Hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. Ah! Most of all, I hate that black ass Wesley Snipes. Move it! Who taught you, please? Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. You know, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate? You should ask who yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you. you to love the hair that God gave you. Here you way out in the middle of the ocean, can't swim, and you worried about someone that's in the bathtub and can't swim. We don't steal, we don't gamble, we don't lie, and we don't cheat. And that also deprives the government of revenue. <laughs> because you can't get into a whiskey bottle without getting past the government seal. You can't open a deck of cards without getting past the government seal. There's a white man makes the whiskey and then puts you in jail for getting drunk. He sells you the cards and the dice and puts you in jail when he gets you using them. So he's against us because we fixed it where he can't catch you anymore. We take the dice out of your hands and the cards out of your hands and the whiskey out of your head. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. 
The most unprotected woman, a person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And as Muslims, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us to respect our women and to protect our women. And the only time a Muslim really gets real violent is when someone goes to molest his woman. We will kill you for our woman. I'm, I'm making it plain, yes. We will kill you for our woman. We believe that if the white man will do whatever is necessary to see that his woman gets respect and protection, then you and I will never be recognized as men until we stand up like men and place the same penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out to put in the direction of our women.